Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Had a chance to catch up with Steve Adazio this morning. Had a chance to talk with Henry Blackburn as well as David Bailey. Nice little day up in Fort Collins. You know, it's starting to feel like football season. It really is. I was, I was talking about that with Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins Coloradoan and, and Eddie Hers of the Loveland Reporter Herald. You know, like it's, it's starting to feel slightly normal. You know, it's not 100%, but, you know, it is football season and it feels good. Today I'm going to be talking about what we learned from Steve Adazio, if you've been keeping up. You know, the, the energy has been good in practice over the last couple of days, but the execution level has not exactly been what Adazio was looking for. Going to talk about the execution today, going to talk about the sense of urgency, and then just, you know, kind of what, CSU's mindset is, you know, throughout these next couple of days. Obviously, you don't have a ton of time left before kickoff on Friday night. You can't be adding a whole lot, but you can improve upon the things that you, you know, are currently working on. And that's kind of what Adazio is focusing on. I'm also going to talk about my interview with David Bailey, going to play some audio from both Adazio and Bailey. And then, you know, later we're going to talk a little bit of CSU volleyball and the Adam Prentice situation in Denver, uh, along with Warren Jackson. So a busy podcast today. Looking forward to diving into all of it. Before we do, you guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market, it's crazy in Colorado. So let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alums. They work nights. They work weekends. They do what it takes to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. As I said, they are proud DNVR members and they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. 
Just tell them Justin from DNVR Rams sent you. Or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Word, word, word. Shout out to Chevalier Mortgage. Our homies, man. Gotta love CSU alum. Supporting a CSU podcast in a local company doesn't get any better than that. Let's jump right into what we learned from Steve Adazio. You know, as I already kind of alluded to earlier, the effort has been there for CSU over the last week or so, but the execution, not so much. Adazio said that today was a little bit better. You know, he'll, he'll need to confirm his gut reaction with a film review, but he feels like the team has gotten a little bit better with each day of, of preparation. When it comes to Tuesday, which is you know the, the practice this morning, there's not going to be any more availability, I should add, uh, for the, the rest of the week, which at least until after the game on Friday. So they will practice on Wednesday and Thursday, but we won't get to talk to them. So I just kind of wanted to go over it just because it's our last chance to. Anyways, he said it was cleaner, crisper, and that the squad practiced with a sense of urgency. I asked him, you know, has it been up to par? He said his guys have been up and about up for extra work. They've been in talking to coaches, going through things. Their attitude has been tremendous. So so it, it sounds like everybody is really itching to play, and, and that definitely makes sense given how frustrating last season was. But hopefully the, the execution is there Friday night because let me tell you, this South Dakota State team is <laughs> it's going to be a tough test. The more I watch them, man, the more, the more I get nervous. They are legit. They've got... They've got great size. They're physical. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, Vegas, all the lines that I've seen, at least that have come out at this point, I'm going to have to double-check DraftKings here in just a second, but all the lines I've seen have had South Dakota State favored by about three, three and a half. I think Barstool had them at three and a half. That's probably fair. I mean, it, I, I hate saying that because they're an FCS team coming into our house. But just given, you know, I mean, if like North Dakota State or somebody like that was going into a Mountain West school, more than likely they'd probably be favored most of the time. South Dakota State is kind of the NDSU coming into this year. They're the team that everybody is expecting to to end as the national champion when it's all said and done. And because of that, you know, it kind of makes sense. I've seen some CSU fans post that it's disrespect. Maybe a little bit, but I think it, it more has to do with just how good this South Dakota State team is. And that's why the Rams are going to they're gonna have to be ready to go. I mean, it's great that the energy has been there. It's great that it, the effort has been there. But it's going to take a high level of execution to come out on top against this team. And unfortunately, given CSU's schedule, I mean, this is just a game that you can't afford to drop. We already know how challenging it is going to be to go into Iowa. Toledo is a really hard game as well. I mean, I know... Some early lines had CSU favored over Vanderbilt, but there is a scenario in which the Rams could go 0-4 in non-conference play, and if they did that, that'd be brutal because they open up with San Jose State and Mountain West play, and if you start the season 0-5, I mean, there's not really any coming back from that. So I think this isn't a must-win game. I mean, it's week one, and, and I hate putting the pressure of must-win label on a, on a week one game, but I mean, in some ways, it, it sort of is. This is a game that the Rams just can't afford to drop if they want to have a chance to make a bowl game this year. I mean, I think I've made it pretty clear that I have all the respect in the world for South Dakota State. The 
the reality is, is if you just want to build up this program to where you want it to be, you can't afford to be losing to teams from the FCS. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that South Dakota State is such a powerhouse. San Jose State, they kicked the living crap out of Southern Utah, who's, you know, kind of a bottom dweller in the Big Sky Conference last week. That's the type of FCS team you want to open up with. Even UNC, you know, I said it the other day, UNC would be a much more desirable opponent to open up with on, on multiple levels. One, it creates local interest. You'd have Eddie McCaffrey coming into town. That would be exciting. I mean, multiple McCaffreys. Technically, they got Max McCaffrey as the offensive coordinator. Dylan McCaffrey transferred in from Michigan. He's now their quarterback. I mean, that's that's a fun game. That's a fun storyline. And just being real, you know, I am rooting for UNC to have success. That's that's not a very good football team. So that, that sets you up for a chance to start the year with a win. Being fair, you know, they scheduled these games so far in advance. I don't remember exactly when this game was scheduled, but I'm sure it was at least, you know, five years ago. Plus, you know, you, you never know how good these teams are going to be down the line. I mean, a, a lot can happen in five years, as, as Ram fans damn well know. But, you know, getting getting back on track here, obviously, this is just, it's going to be a tough game. It, it's going to be the one that, that really challenges the Rams. It's a game they can't afford to lose, and I think Adazio knows that. You know, he's been, you, you can sense it talking to him how nervous he is for this game. Not in a, not in a you know, trembling in his boots type of way, but just a respect for the talent on the other side of the roster. And it's, they're going to come in here, and if, if CSU's not ready, you know, it <laughs> could be a tough position and uh, it's just such a tough game week one I mean you've been you're coming out of training camp and you're playing against yourselves and then all of a sudden you've got to play a team like this who just played in the spring you know they they're probably rolling it, it helps a little bit that they lost their quarterback but even so you know it's just just a tough one and because of that you know Adazio he said they're gonna continue to kind of tinker and, and prepare and do everything that they can and work their ass off up until kickoff because, you know, that's what, that's what it's going to take. Obviously, there's not that much time left. You can't really change the game plan all that much. But as Adazio said, you know, even if you eliminate 10 errors, then you're that much closer to perfection. So Adazio said all the right things. You can tell he's been in this business a long time. He's got the the coach quote nailed down. You know, he he nails that part. I think he's not necessarily always the most personable person, but I do think he has a good personality and I think he's pretty good in interviews when he wants to be. So he knows how to, you know, say all the rah-rah stuff and, you know, we're going to go out there and we're grinding and we're going to kick their ass and, you know, all the traditional football lingo. But they got to back it up on the field. They got to win because when you're winning, the fan base loves all that stuff. They love to hear it. But it it grows pretty tiring pretty quick when you're losing. You know, you don't want to hear how hard you're working it reminds me of the Vance Joseph era with the Denver Broncos. Nobody nobody practiced better than the, the Broncos under Vance Joseph. Everything he had to say was how great practice was and how hard they're working and they're getting to their goals. And like I said, you love to hear that type of stuff when you're winning and then you buy into what they're saying. But when you're losing, it it starts to sound like nails on a chalkboard. So big, big game coming up for CSU this week. Obviously, we'll continue to focus on it all. I'll have a more specific game preview as we get closer to kickoff, so I didn't want to give away all my opinions on on this matchup just yet. But I am going to play some Steve Adazio audio here for you, and we're going to dive into David Bailey and my interview with him and keep it on rolling. Good. 
how did you feel things Wednesday? You, you know, yesterday you said you wanted to execute at a higher level. You liked the effort. Was the execution where you wanted today? I watched the film, but yeah, I thought it was better. Um, you know, as you every day and during a week, it gets a little bit better as you work towards game time. Obviously, we have Thursday practice and we have another one tomorrow. So we have a chance to polish, but I thought things look cleaner and better, and I'll get on the tape and confirm it, you know? Do you sense the urgency that you yeah. were looking for? Our guys have been up and about and up for extra work, in, talking to coaches, going through things. Their attitude's been tremendous. So what's kind of the goal then between here and Friday? What do you need to refine or lock down? I mean, just get to a high level of execution. I mean, we have a saying here, uh, preparation stops when the foot hits the ball. We're preparing our ass off all the way up to when the foot hits the ball at kickoff. So that's, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I talked to the staff about it. I mean, we bust our tail for the next three days, you know, with another Thursday or another Friday. We just keep walkthroughs and keep going. And who knows, we may reduce, you know, even if you reduce 10 more errors, that's closer to perfection. So that's what we're striving for right now. And the uh, depth chart, you kind of have the four co-running backs, so to speak. Is that a position that you need several guys to yeah. perform well throughout a season? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're going to play with a pool of backs. We're going to play with, you know, some extra linemen. It's like that all over the place. So yeah. Has that changed some over the years, the running back? Because it used to be, you know, kind of had the one guy that you ran. Is it just hard to do that, you know, nowadays? Well, I mean, guy gets hot, he's hot. I mean, you know, we could easily have a guy carry the ball 30 times. But I think you need to be prepared to have a pool of guys. You know, how does he, how, especially, you know, as you get going, you don't know injuries, you don't know wind. You still not, you know, their, their wind, their conditioning level. What you don't want to do is have a back carrying a ball that's gassed. That's when the ball goes on the ground or he gets hurt, can't protect himself. That's what you're guarding against. Yeah. In that group, you know, David Bailey, obviously new to, to people, fans, yeah. and everything. What What's he bringing to this program? He's an elite proven player in the Power Five Conference. You know, he's a, he's a big, strong, physical, fast back. I mean, he catches the ball in the backfield, but all our guys are talented. They're all talented. Ajon and Marcus and Jalen. They're all talented guys. I mean, David specifically, I mean, you know, he's, he's got valid tape. Yeah, right. So EJ and Justice make the two deep at receiver. Just you've talked about them a little before, but what can you say about how they've done this camp and have they kind of supplied a veteran presence to that receiver group? Just haven't been here a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all they're all in that group together. I thought Panunzio was there, Thomas, until we moved him back to defense, and he did a great job of leadership. And I think those guys are working really hard. I think all the receivers are. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll play with a bunch of receivers, you know, we'll be rolling a bunch you know, we'll keep, try to keep this team fresh, fast, you know, so. Do you guys have to get tested before the game like last year? Not to my knowledge. So that's nice then. I, you know, I mean, you have to get tested if you're not vaccinated. Okay. But if you're vaccinated, I'm, I'm not anticipating any tests. Is that just a little bit relieving, especially given how wonky yeah. everything was last year and yeah, games getting probably. canceled on Fridays? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. But I, I can't control what happens to other programs. I don't know what's yeah. going on. You know? But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> you. Knock on the wood three times here. I mean, I don't even want to, you know, everybody wants to talk about that shit. I guess it could happen. I don't know. That's kind of what I said on my podcast. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to put it into the universe. Yeah, don't, even, don't even talk about it. I haven't even been thinking about that stuff. You said, you know, like the Ram walk yeah. uh, is a thing you guys obviously couldn't really do last right. year. There's something like that. Yeah, I love that stuff. I love traditions, and I think that is exciting. That coming out of the tunnel, you know, fans, the energy, the, the whole bit. I'm mean, really looking forward to it. I'm really, really looking forward to watch your team play. You know, I mean, it's the first time you're playing another opponent, you know. And, 
you know, the new rules, you're only allowed really two scrimmage scrimmages, and even those aren't quite what they used to be. And so, you know, be interesting to see how guys react in a big field with fans under the lights, so to speak. It's, it's you know, you know, there's something to that now. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I already told the team, I mean, I, you know, our goal is we just got to win the game. I'm not interested in anything else. These opening games are tough. They can be tough for a lot of reasons. It's not going to just go our way. I mean, you know, just got to keep battling and get and work your way through the game because of all these factors, there are a lot of unknowns. Any nerves for you? I mean, I know you're a veteran, but I'm not playing. <laughs> I get more anxious up about the week and making sure we're preparing the right way. It's my job to push the coaches, push the players. My job to make sure I'm involved in a lot of scheme and a lot of preparation. But on game day, I'm not calling it. Um, I'm, I'm there to manage the game. Both sides of the ball and special teams manage it, you know, and whether it be manage the clock, manage the situations, make some tough calls. That's my job. Uh, I try to add value where I can add value, which, you know, I mean, I'm pretty engaged in football. I'm not one of those head coaches that's not engaged day to day. But, you know, um, I, I told the players, I just said that. I just met with them. I told them, I said, you know, we, we, we grind on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and we grind through this thing. I'm up everybody's tail, and I'm hollering and screaming, and I'm coaching. But, but on Saturday, you got to go play. That's your day. Go shine. Go play. That's why you prep the way you prep. That's why you do all that, to get a competitive excellence. You know, I'm a big believer in that. I'm not going to start yelling and hollering at a player on the field for making a mistake on a field on a game day. That's not going to fix it. Keep their psyche right. Keep their confidence right. That's, that's my job is to, is, is to motivate the football team and keep everything in positive fashion. If it's a problem, I'll have to get it the next day. But it is what it is come game day. Not, you know, that doesn't mean we can't make adjustments, but that's different than you know, yeah. something else. Keep it positive. Game day's got to be a fun, let it rip, cut it loose. That's the mentality we want to have around here. All right. Big thanks to CSU football for giving us some availability, allowing us to talk with Steve Adazio in person. I just think that we're able to get much better insight. I think it's better for relationships. I just think it's better for coverage all around, and I am appreciative that we have that opportunity right now. Uh, All the reporters are fully vaccinated. It was a requirement in order for in-person coverage. They have some Zoom options for for people that didn't want to do that. But again, I I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to get these interviews in person. And, you know, one of the people that I was able to meet for the first time today, Boston College transfer David Bailey, Really, really personable guy. I enjoyed talking with him. It was me and Kevin Lytle. Uh, we had a chance to interview him and just kind of ask him about his transition to Colorado. You know, he joked about the altitude and he, you know, he didn't think it would be that big of a deal coming in as, you know, he's a, he's a good athlete. He's a guy that's played for three seasons at a high level at Boston College. He's a running back. Obviously, he's in shape, but, you know, it, it kicked his ass when he got out here and it, it took him a while to get acclimated. But, that kind of happened all throughout the summer. So he's feeling comfortable now, you know, mentioned that he's really comfortable in the playbook. You know, that was a big reason that he ultimately came to CSU was just the opportunity to play in a system that he was familiar with and play for coaches that he already had established relationships with. And I think that's kind of the ideal scenario in the transfer portal. And hopefully it works out kind of like it did with Scott Patchen. You know, that was a very, I, not the exact same situation because Patchen didn't play for Adazio, but Patchen's brother did, so he knew him. They had those previous established relationships. The trust was there. That was another thing Bailey mentioned. You know, he he views Adazio and Brian White like family. They recruited him in, in 11th grade. They recruited him in 12th grade. They coached him up 
in the early stages of, of his career when he had some of his most success. You know, they're very loyal in his opinion. He just he felt comfortable coming here. And now that he's at CSU, absolutely loving it. If you read my article on, you know, the DNVR.com, mentioned that Fort Collins is just a really chill place, you know, said that he's not going to go home for a while, already told his parents that. He just, he seems to have, have come in and and just, you know, hit the ground running. It, it was a big benefit that he already knew the system. You know, there's some little nuances. He mentioned that there's, actually some some different running plays that they're they're running here at CSU and a couple of different pass things but a lot of the sets and you know play calls it's it's all what he was already familiar with said he knows it like the back of his hand learned the new things in the summer and, and now he's completely comfortable and I'm really excited to to see what he's able to do this season he was a guy that you know he, he competed at a high level at Boston College if you watch some of his game film against NC State back in 2019, Bailey tore their ass up, man. He had an awesome game. And the thing that I like about him, he he's strong, he's physical, he's a power back, but he's he's surprisingly light and nimble on his feet. He, he's good in the open field. He can make guys miss a little bit. And he's a proven home run hitter. You know, he's one of those running backs that if you give him a hole, he's going to hit it hard. And he has the potential to go for a 55, a 60-yard touchdown. And you love that component, especially when you know that you know, CSU, they are going to be reliant on the ground game this year. It's it's a, everything that Adazio's offense is predicated on is being able to run the football successfully. If they are able to do that, it's just going to help everything. I already, you know, wrote about the fact that the Rams are going to be in more 12 personnel this year. You have tight ends that are really capable in the block game. Cam Butler, uh, Palendi, you've got Trey McBride, obviously. If you're able to run the ball down their throats and set up that play action... Oh man, like good luck for defenses. I just think that is the biggest key to CSU's success this year. And obviously that starts in the trenches. You need more consistent play from the offensive line. And you know, in defense of Marcus McElroy, who's coming off of his worst year statistically at, at only 2.7 yards per carry, obviously not good enough. He did not get consistent enough, you know, downfield blocking last year. And it really, I mean, they just, they never got it going. It was just a tough year altogether. I'm not trying to blame anyone. I'm not trying to, you know, harp on the offensive line or anything like that. I get how weird the circumstances was. You know, I talking with Barry Wesley, he told me a, a story that just really made me feel for him sitting in the San Diego State locker room, fully dressed and just waiting for something to go wrong, waiting for the game to get canceled. He's like, that's just kind of how it was last year. You just you expected everything to go wrong because that's how it was for them. But there is reason for optimism, at least you know, cautious optimism. Again, I think the the really brutal schedule is unfortunate. You'd much rather be playing a non-conference schedule like Wyoming and have a chance to very easily go 3-1, and 4-0 into non-conference play, but that hasn't been the Rams' approach for a while. Scheduling up, they're trying to build that national brand. I respect it. It puts you in a tough position. It puts you in a position where you have to win these games early, but I think ultimately the fans would rather see CSU competitive, obviously, but they want to see CSU playing competitive teams. And while South Dakota State is a member of the FCS, they are a competitive team. And uh, I'm interested to see what the Rams have got in that matchup. And I'm really interested to see David Bailey, how he looks, how this rushing offense looks. And I think a lot of Ram fans are as well. Appreciate the time that he gave us. Really enjoyed our interview. I'm going to play a little bit of that audio for you guys momentarily. But first, I want to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
The NFL regular season is right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, you do not want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a $1 or more bet on any week one game, receive $200 in free bets instantly. They're going to come in $25 bets. I love that. DraftKings didn't forget about current customers either. All customers can participate in DraftKings week one no-brainer. For opening night, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. They did one of these last year. Uh, usually it's a max bet 25 you know a chance to get a free 25 bucks i love that DraftKings does these type of things that's why they're my favorite sports betting app they're the only sports betting app that i actually use i'll look at some of the lines on the other ones just to compare it but they're the only one i trust with my funds part of that they are based in the u.s so it's easy to deposit and withdraw at my convenience Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one football game. That promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, since we're talking about DraftKings, it feels like a good time to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. And I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers to cover a seven-point spread at Detroit. Now, again, they are on the road, but you can get San Francisco to cover that seven-point spread at minus 115. That feels like stealing to me. I mean, this is a Detroit team that is going to be in contention for the number one pick when it is all said and done. They are boo-boo. They are not good. Trash. I know that, you know, they got a new quarterback, fresh air. I just don't think this is an organization that is set up for success. You know, from the top all the way down, I don't like their coach. I don't like how they run things. And I feel bad for Goff, man. I mean, it's a situation where a lot of talented players have gone to purgatory. I mean, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, it's it's a shame. Even Stafford, to, to some extent, I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league, and I think he's going to thrive in LA with McVay. Uh, regardless, my DraftKings pick of the week, San Francisco and their loaded offense, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. I love that they were able to get Trey Sermon out of Ohio State. Obviously, they also got Trey Lance, going to be Garoppolo early, but they, we might see a little bit of Lance and sub packages. This is a, just a team that I believe in. While the Lions are garbage, while they are systematically set up to fail because of their poor ownership, because of their poor management, San Francisco, they're much different. John Lynch, a tremendous GM. Kyle Shanahan, a brilliant coach. It's it's just night and day when it comes to these two teams. I'm taking San Francisco to cover that seven-point spread. Lock it in. My DraftKings pick of the week. All right, going to play that Bailey audio, but we've got some smoking hot September deals for you at Solace Meds, an official partner of DNVR. They're a premier dispensary with four Colorado locations, and they always have incredible deals for you every single month. You know, they have a location in Fort Collins, a location in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. All September long, they've got some crazy deals. You can get Canameric gummies for 25% off. Strains tinctures are 20% off. Rockin' cartridges, 25% off. Glacier concentrates are 20% off. And they have an awesome Labor Day sale on the 6th where you can buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. They're doing the same thing on Patriots Day. 
911, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. If you head into any location and use the code DNVR20, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. That includes those sales, man. You can get, you know, already discounted items and then, you know, take another 20% off. That covers your tax. That is clutch. If you use the code DNVR20, you're also going to get a free Solace Bar or King Cone at any Solace Meds location. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head to their website, solacemeds.com. Order online, pick up at your convenience. We love Solace Meds. I know you will too. And make sure you are using that code DNVR20 to save 20% off your order. Nice to meet you, first of all, dude. Um, you know, how are you kind of acclimating? Obviously, other side of the country, did it take you a while to get used to the altitude? You feeling homesick at all? Like, just how are things going? I said, it's been pretty great up here. I said, it took me a while to get used to the altitude when I first got up here. Yeah. I, I didn't really think it was, like, the serious deal, but when I got up here, I felt it a little bit. I was in shape, but I said, I came up here to some early summer, so the um, coaches and um, this was before workouts got to work out, got um, in shape before that, so I'm feeling pretty good, though. I said, loving it out here so far. It's a nice, chill vibe out here. The players, I'm loving the team so far. So I said, and I told my parents though, I'm not going, I'm not coming home for a while. So <laughs> my hair chilling. I said, I've been in college for a while, so I'm not home taking anymore. But it's been a great, um, it's been a great experience so far. You know, I know, you know, you had some familiarity with this coaching staff. Is that kind of the the biggest reason that led you out here to Colorado State, or or what did sell you on? I said, yeah, um, the, this coach, almost the coach staff, and just the players that I, I knew that was out here, just like Trey. I said, he one of one of the guys I knew, and just like the little piece of D line and guys like that, also other running backs. But the coaching staff was a big part of it, just. From them recruiting me in 11th grade and 12th grade in high school, then recruiting me into BC my freshman sophomore year and helping me become the player I was my freshman sophomore year, pitting me to that level where I was. So I was like, it's only a matter of time. So I go um, reunite with the team. So I reunite with the coaching staff, and I feel like it's been a great move for me so far. Did that help make a fairly smooth transition, even though it is, you know, across the country and all that? You, you knew kind of what you were getting into with the system and the staff and all that. I see. That was another reason. Just from coming into my senior year, plus another year with COVID, I said, just knowing the offense going to my senior year. Because instead of going to a whole new offense, yeah, yeah, I learned new offense. I mean, I could, but just the experience I got with this um, coach staff, it's almost like a family. It's a good bond with my family, also with me. So I said, BC, I know how these guys treat me. They're real loyal guys. So might as well just come back and just keep the journey going. All right, big thanks to David Bailey for giving us the time. Again, I really enjoyed that interview with him. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do for CSU. I think he has the potential to be the X factor in that running game. They are going to need him to be. The uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, it's obviously been kind of a, a brutal month for former Rams in Denver. The Broncos cut Warren Jackson. He ended up in Minnesota. He actually got cut by the Vikings as well. I'll dive into his situation momentarily but they they also cut josh watson and adam prentice both of which surprised me you know just not even from a from a fandom perspective i already said on a previous podcast coming out of college i wasn't that high on josh watson's nfl potential i i thought he went rogue too often i've, I've never doubted his athleticism his tackling abilities anything like that i just felt like there were times he over pursued i thought there were times he got a little too aggressive trying to make a play, and because of it, you know, it allowed cutback lanes and stuff like that. But he re- he's really refined that, and I thought he'd you know become a a pretty solid backup middle linebacker. He was great on special teams, you know, went down and consistently made tackles on kickoffs and stuff like that. And beyond that, the Broncos, you know, their their depth at inside linebacker it was it was fairly questionable. I mean, you don't you don't know with Josie Jewell. He's struggled to stay healthy. 
AJ Johnson is, is kind of a weird deal as well. He's at times been effective, at times really looked pretty bad. We don't know yet what Baron Browning's going to be, if he's going to be an outside linebacker, if he's going to play on the inside. I think he's best suited to be an edge type player. We will see. I don't know. It just it really didn't make a ton of sense to me. And then the Broncos, they they also recently cut Adam Prentice. And I don't know. That one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. When you watch him and Andrew Beck in that fullback role, Prentice was so far superior as a lead blocker. It really wasn't even close. I mean, he was out there mauling dudes. It was one of my favorite parts of preseason was just watching Adam Prentice and his freaking biceps that are built of concrete destroying dudes and they cut him I, I i get that andrew beck has some versatility i get that the ability to to play tight end is is an added perk but i don't know to me it and maybe this is me kind of projecting my feelings a little bit obviously i really like prentice and i really like josh watson covered those guys throughout their time at csu i think they're really good dudes um i hate this broncos coaching staff with a burning passion and and i don't cover the broncos beat so i can say it i mean i know the the broncos guys they got to be careful with what they say but pat Shermer at offensive coordinator is a complete dud vic fangio has just proven to be incompetent as a head coach i respect his defensive acumen i respect what he does as a defensive coordinator but i just think there are situations where some guys are best suited to be coordinators and, and not head coaches i think we just lived it with Mike Bobo. I think he's a tremendous offensive coordinator. I think he's a brilliant play caller. I think he sees the field, but managing a game, managing the tough situation, that's a completely different deal. And, and, you know, Wade Phillips, one of the best defensive coordinators of all time, he's gone on record in saying that he's an amazing defensive coordinator. He's a terrible head coach. That's how I feel about Fangio. That's how I feel about Shermer. And I, it's not surprising to me that with Shermer as the offensive coordinator, they made a bonehead decision, like taking Andrew Beck, over Adam Prentice. No offense to Andrew Beck. I'm not I'm not trying to crap on him. I have no problems with him. But Shermer, he's been a dud his entire career. Last year, they went three wide all the time. You know where Drew Locke struggled the most? Three wide. You know where he threw the most interceptions? Three wide. That's all he wants to run is three wide. He wants to operate out of the gun, even though it didn't put his quarterback in a good position and it didn't put his running back in a good position either. That's my dog, Indy. He also feels like Pat Shermer is an idiot. That's why he's... He's chiming in a little bit. We're tired of it. We're tired of seeing a team make poor decisions. I think we're going to have new coaches next year in Denver anyways. Again, I might be projecting my feelings a little bit here. I just continually see this franchise make decisions that don't make sense to me. Drew Locke, he was most effective under center. He was most effective in, in 12 personnel. You could go three wide at times, but he was most effective when they were running the ball and then they were using play action to set it up. He has an arm that you can obviously, you know, take deep shots with, but he's not a, a guy that that really succeeds when he's in the gun and, and has to make a bunch of reads and pick people apart. It's it's all predicated on being under center. That's why I didn't understand why they got rid of Rich Scangarello. You know, again, another decision by the Broncos that didn't make any sense. But but my long-winded point here is I guess I shouldn't be shocked that an organization that despite being best under center has, you know, continually tried to lean into something that just hasn't worked. And again, most of that comes down to Pat Shermer, the worst offensive coordinator in football. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Thanks for listening to me rant. I hope you guys enjoyed the rest of the podcast. A little bit more mellow, obviously. 
Uh, big thanks to CSU for the availability. Really looking forward to that home opener Friday night. If you are going to be in Fort Collins, you know, tweet your pictures at me. I want to see everybody in the stands again. Just really looking forward to a, a traditional college football game, man. I miss, I miss the marching band. I miss hearing comatose fire into the night. I miss the chance. I miss, you know, people shaking their keys at kickoff. I don't know if that's still a thing. Uh, honestly, I, I really can't remember. But I, I would like to see all the traditions come back. Go Rams. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I